Hi everyone, my name is Christina Marchiori. I am an occupational therapist working with children and young adults in an outdoor environment and I would love to welcome you to the podcast Naturally OT. If you are joining me for the first time, welcome. This is one of my first few episodes, so you are not alone in joining me for the first time. If you've already listened to some of my episodes, thank you so much for listening. I am not a podcaster. Um, well, I guess I am now, but <laughs> um, I am just an OT eager to learn and share and grow alongside of others. And I felt like a podcast in addition to my blog was one of the best ways to do that. So here I am um, trying to talk into a microphone and hope that someone listens. (laughs) Um, So today I was really inspired to just talk a little bit about the benefits that I have seen um, in facilitating occupational therapy sessions outside in a natural environment. I know that my goal is in the future to have more research-based episodes where I'll be looking at different um, articles and books and kind of giving my reviews on that and kind of the stuff that I've learned through workshops and um, reading and also listening to different podcasts. But today I really wanted to focus on my observations and my experience, just because I think it gives a little bit more to just the words on a page. So a little history into who I am. Um, uh, I I had this reflection, sorry, stumbling on my words as I usually do. Uh, I had this reflection today, actually, on my drive home from work that In the summer, I went to a nature-based occupational therapy retreat. It was a beautiful weekend hosted by four occupational therapists that work outside in nature. And there were about 21 of us and we all shared our learnings as nature-based OTs. And something that was really amazing that I felt very grateful for was in sharing a lot of the OTs that were there were um, in the field for a really long time before having the opportunity to work in nature. And I'm very grateful that my beginning in nature for therapy actually started when I was a student at um, Queen's University working in my master's degree. And my second placement was a therapeutic center that ran day programs outside. Um, And I had the opportunity to really see the difference that children and adults who have different abilities, um, a lot of neurodiversities, just the difference that being outside in the day-to-day made. And one of my favorite things was just learning about how calm you feel being outside in nature. And I knew that that happened for me, but I didn't realize how beneficial it was for me as a therapist. Um, And if it affects a therapist, then it must affect others. So I learned so much at that placement. And then in my third placement, I was on a community um, mental health day program rotation. So I worked with a lot of individuals with pervasive mental illness, a lot of individuals with schizophrenia, borderline personality disorder, uh, DID. There was a lot of different diagnosis, but simpler, similar to my second placement. Um, we really focused on that occupational base for the day program. So I incorporated a lot of nature-based stuff by taking my uh, clients out for walks by the, the water. We did a lot of art outside. Um, one of my supervisors drove us all to the beach. And that's when I really realized how it wasn't only for children that that nature-based was 
so important, but also for adults. One of my clients in that beach trip that we took asked me to take a walk with him to the car. And as we were walking to the car, he told me so much about his life that I don't think I would have gotten if we were sitting inside a clinic. So that was a really big thing for me. And I did a lot of stuff becoming a therapist where I was in and out of different jobs, working inside, working in people's homes, working um, virtually. And at the end of it, I ended up exactly where I am right now, which is actually working at the place I did my second placement at. So the place that I fell in love with nature-based therapy. Um, So full circle, I am so, so thankful that I got that exposure right from school so I could find that direction that I really wanted to go in. And I feel very thankful every single day about where I work. So that was a big tangent about my life, but I just wanted that background. Um, Right now I'm working full time at that location and I also run nature-based groups um, in the city that I live in and it's for little kids. We go into the ravine, we do a two-hour session where they're working on social skills um, and that's natural, uh, oh my goodness, I can't even talk, natural social skills, so naturally facilitated and then also those emotional regulation skills and other OT skills such as life skills, gross motor, fine motor. So To start off with nature, there is so much research that is just skimming the surface that is just coming out now. Um, And I'm looking forward to seeing more coming out as we learn a little bit more about the benefits of being outside. Right now, there's research that shows that nature can really be calming for our nervous system and not only for all of our nervous systems, but um, I've looked into a lot of research about autism, anxiety, ADHD, some of those neurodiversity um, diagnoses that people really see as difficult and we don't know how to work with them or there's nothing that we can do. And taking our children outside and our adults outside um, who have these neurodiversities, it really gives them the opportunity to just be. And that's one of my manager's favorite things to say. Sometimes we're doing these nature programs and we're doing all these facilitated activities and sometimes your clients just need to be. So a great example of this is at my day program that I work at. There's a little girl and sometimes she's running here, there and everywhere. Sometimes she's on the trampoline or she's you know, trying to get on a bicycle or trying all these different activities. And sometimes she just sits and listens to the wind. And it brings her so much joy to just hear the wind. Um, And that's that sensory piece. So as an occupational therapist, something that I kind of take for granted is that sensory piece when I'm working outside. I just had a case conference um, recently about a child and the school was asking me, you know, when they come to your day program, what sensory diet are they on? And I really had to stop and like reflect because I was going to be like, nothing, they're not. But they are on a sensory diet in a non-traditional sense. They are outside. They get to touch different textures whenever they need. There's the sound of the wind, the birds, the kids laughing. There's the different temperatures. They're experiencing all these different things going on, the different smells. Um, We have animals at my facility, so they can even touch some of those animals and feel that texture. So there is a sensory diet and they're playing in between their seated sessions. They're running and jumping and there's trampolines and swings and sensory tools. So they have all those opportunities. I just don't really think about it because it happens naturally and it's child-led. They will take you to the trampoline. They will take you to the tree that has all the cool sensory swings. Um, 
And that's something I definitely take for granted. So that sensory piece is there. I work with the sensory piece for my adults as well. My adult clients will go out into nature and we'll just take that moment to do the five, four, three, two, one meditation of five things you can see, four things you can hear, and three things you can touch, two things you can smell. And usually we can't taste anything because I don't have food to give them and they eat their lunch when I'm not facilitating activities. But will do one thing you're grateful for. And just being able to sit outside and have that silence, but also that calmness really helps all of my clients um, just engage, have better participation and occupations in their activities throughout the day. So that's the sensory piece that I'm really, really in love with. Another piece that is so simple that you can use in honestly any kind of environment that you're, you're working in is the power of going for a walk and just that side by side so you're not looking at your client directly in the eyes you're not sitting you're having some movement in your body so the fidgeting doesn't usually happen because you're walking and that body movement is happening or you can put your hands in your pockets and it it just looks casual um Not only do my clients feel so much more calm when we're having these really deep conversations as we're going for walks around the property, but as a therapist, I also feel calmer. And I think that's a huge thing I always talk to my placement students is learning that therapeutic use of self and being able to reflect on what triggers you, what makes you nervous, what emotions do you feel during a session, and how can you use strategies to better support your clients by supporting yourself? So sometimes when we have to have these big, hefty conversations, I'll invite my clients to go for a walk with me and it really helps ease them into that big conversation and then also gives them a way to ease out. It's easier to say, instead of like cutting them off and say, okay, well, we're done our session now, goodbye. Um, I'll count, like we have a building on property called the gazebo, I'll count laps and I'll say, okay, two more laps and then we're gonna head back to your group activity or you know, a certain amount of like, let's go, okay, now we're done this, let's go see this animal, and then we'll head back. So just having that natural flow. Um, Another thing I really see the benefit for is that natural curiosity. And that natural curiosity leads to a lot of our OT goals without the therapist having to really push. So an example I can give is out in the ravine in the city when we do our nature-based programs, I'll have a bunch of ideas set up and I'll kind of hint them at my uh, at my kids or I'll have a backpack full of items and I'll kind of show them what's in there and I have some sort of plan. So, you know, all these items, we're going to make this activity, but by laying them out in nature, a lot of the times the activity is actually self-led. So I've had groups of kids decide instead of doing an art activity, we're going to use the materials, we're going to make a potion together. And that got them talking to each other. These children who apparently don't have any social skills, don't know how to communicate with other kids, don't have any friends, instantly are together and they're putting together this potion and finding leaves and rocks and ew, look at this lake water. It's so gross. Or oh my goodness, there's something in the water. How can we like there's garbage in the water. How can we work as a team to collect that garbage out of the water? And just seeing those self-led pieces um, is so important because that just allows kids to really direct their therapy. And um, I live in Canada, so I don't know about anywhere else, but 
our core competencies as a profession just got updated um, in this last year. Well, I guess over the last 10 years. And one of the big things that stood out to me amongst many, many things, they actually did a great job updating them. Uh, One of the main things that stood out to me was that push that it is actually mandatory that you are building your sessions with your client and with their family. Um, And that was something that I've always done because I just saw it as beneficial, but I know a lot of people do not do that. So that was just another piece that kind of is incorporated into that nature program because I put out or I bring out a lot of materials or a lot of directions that they can go in and it will have those goals regardless of what they choose of the gross motor skills, fine motor skills, social skills, um, the life skills. For example, if they are making that potion, they're going to need to use their fine motor skills to pick up different pieces. Um, They might need to climb certain objects to get things or navigate big logs to grab something from the ground to put in their potion. Um, They work on that balance of carrying the potion without dropping it. They have to work together as a team to figure out what they're putting in and what they're not putting in. Um... It's just it's just so magical once you see it happen and it's so naturally led. Another example that I have from that exact group was um, all of a sudden at the end of the session, this new kid that had just joined us created this tree house and he had all these things happening and you could hang your backpack here and you needed this key and he was inviting all the children and all the children were coming in and at the end they were all doing their own thing but they all came together and did this cheer and I had nothing to do with it. All I was doing was helping them find pine cones (laughs) but this whole thing unraveled on its own and it's stuff that in the you know client notes or in the referrals you don't see that any of their skills that are in the notes could lead to get to this but it does and that's something that I absolutely just love is that freedom that allows the kids to just explore and be um I kind of lost my train of thought because I had such a good piece that I wanted to talk about. (laughs) And now I can't remember, of course. But um, we talked about the fine motor. We talked about the gross motor, sensory, social skills. Oh, that's what I was going to say. One of my favorite things, and I definitely read it somewhere as well, which kind of uh, validated my idea. I think it was in the book called Nature-Based Therapy. a practitioner's guide to working outdoors with children, youth, and families. I didn't just make that up in my head. I'm literally looking at my bedside table and there is that book there. I'm pretty sure it's from that book. But something that I really love about working out in nature is there is that natural element of challenge that kids need to uh, navigate and negotiate with in order to get through their sessions outside. And this is a natural element of challenge that can't be pinned on anyone else. So for example, being outside in Canada in the winter, it is cold. So that cold is something that they have to work through. They can't say the nature therapist put the cold here or, you know, I'm blaming this kid that I'm uncomfortable because it's cold. We have to work through it together. Or if we're in a session and it starts raining, what can we do to make ourselves have fun or to dry off? Um, One of my favorite examples of this was one of the first kids that I had in one of my first nature groups in the city was a city boy at heart. He was this young kid, loved video games. The minute he got to the nature program was like, nature is stupid and I hate it. And I was like, okay, well, 
you're here for two hours, so let's figure it out together. We're going to go through it. Nature is uncomfortable sometimes or maybe not exactly what you're used to, but it's not stupid. It's just different. And so this kid really had to work through the challenges and got so good at regulating his emotions through it. Um, When he would get his pants dirty at the beginning, he would freak out because his pants were ruined. And we worked through understanding that you can wash your pants and that's okay. And his hands too, he would get them dirty and he would get really upset and angry. And I'd say, it's okay, we can wash our hands. It's not permanent. We can go through this and and get home and take a bath. Um, And then there was one instant where I was so proud of him I think it was one of the last sessions that we had or the second last session, he got his, he actually got brave enough to try climbing the fallen tree. And I was so proud of him and I kept saying it and he was so proud of himself. And then he fell and his pants got caught on the little knob of the tree and his pants ripped from hip down to like mid thigh. And he was freaking out. He was crying. He was so embarrassed and he was able to calm himself down enough to accept my help and then to accept my jacket to wrap around his waist and was able to make it through the rest of the session until dad came and then told dad, I'm so sorry, I ripped my pants when I was playing in the tree and dad was totally okay with it. And that kind of process of him working through all those emotions, problem solving, realizing it's not the end of the world, communicating with dad and then dad being okay with it reinforces that he can control his emotions. He can feel upset, but he can manage them. And then dad's going to support him. So just that overall, like that's one of my favorite examples. And he was able to work through it so well. And when these things happen outside in nature, it it shows our children and our adults how to experience empathy for others. Working at this day program where our um, clients come day after day or week after week and they come for a long period of time until they're ready to leave. A lot of them have these connections, even if they're not in the same group. So our adults all stick together, our kids all stick together, but they know that each other are there. They know everyone's names. And if someone's having a hard time or gets injured or something's going on, they always look to each other or they'll, they'll always ask like, oh no, what happened? Um, a great example of this empathy is one little boy who... I've never really seen him to be overly empathetic unless it's something that he like caused. So an issue that he caused one of the little girls, we were walking down the driveway and she was not feeling really well. Her body language was showing she was very tired, very sick. And he was like, Oh my goodness, are you okay? And put his arm around her. And that little gesture is something that, um, doesn't seem like much, but for a child who has autism and ADHD and anxiety that manifests in anger and aggression, and for kids who have autism, who have been told that they don't have empathy, that was huge. And this day program that I work at is the one place that someone could be sick, someone could be missing, someone could have a small injury, and these adults are going to remember all of those things. I had a wrist splint on underneath like three layers of clothing last winter and one of the guests or the clients um we call them guests at this job one of the clients asked me what happened to your hand even though he only saw like a couple inches of the brace so there is that recognition there and i i truly truly believe that nature has that effect and that impact 
where people feel so much calmer in their own skin and so much more safe in their own skin that they can experience more with others. That's just me. That's just my kind of viewpoint of how nature can work in therapy. Um, You can also do the opposite of where nature isn't the environment, but nature might be the tool. So I've done a lot of different um, crafts and different activities that incorporate nature outside. So making mosaics out of different nature pieces you find, uh, going on scavenger hunts. Um, This week, our theme in the forest for our little ones was music. So we were using different objects in the forest to create music Um, we hosted like a little drum club where they were all learning how to drum and even our children who were nonverbal or who didn't really express themselves in the same way that other people do they were right on the beat with those drums they were part of the circle they were smiling making eye contact all the things that a lot of doctors or teachers or um, therapists who don't really get that chance to build rapport outside of the clinic may miss. And I'm not saying that these people don't know their kids and don't know their clients. Of course they do. There may be some who don't know them as deeply, but I truly believe that out in nature, a child can truly be themselves and you really get the insight into what's going on in their brain. And that is truly a gift. And if you have the opportunity to do so, I truly recommend it. Um, I am working through a lot of different articles and books and different readings and research and workshops to further my knowledge into how I can bring even more out into nature and incorporate even more into my sessions. Um, So I'm so excited to explore that and I'm excited to share it with you guys. Sharing is one of my favorite things. I take a lot of placement students at my facility. Um, Tomorrow I am facilitating a parent group Um, That will be parallel to the program that we want for the kids. So the kids will go to their ravine forest program and then I will take whatever parents want to join and we're going to have like a parallel program to the children so they can learn about emotional regulation and about the activities that their children are doing in the forest and why and what are the benefits and how can they do this at home. Um, So that was my 23 minute tangent. (laughs) Um, I'm actually on my way out to a concert right now, but I really felt called to share just my experience and my passion. And today I had a case conference with another family and I just felt so passionate coming home that I just wanted to make this um, small episode with my observations and hope that in the next few months, in the next few months, I will be able to share a lot more and a lot more of that research-based information. Um, So I am heading off. I had a wonderful day in nature and I'm so excited to bring my energy out to another leisure activity that I very much enjoy. I hope you have a wonderful day and remember that You can be out in nature. You can create those strategies for yourself. And especially if you are a therapist listening to this podcast, think about nature as a therapy, not only for your client, but for you. As until next time, I'll sign off. Have a wonderful evening.